This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Special Edition Wonder Woman. Special edition iFanboy show on Wonder Woman. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. Hi, all. 
And we're here talking about Wonder Woman, the latest uh, DC Universe film from Warner Brothers. There'll be spoilers, so if you haven't seen the film, pause the show and come back later. You don't want to be spoiled. And you know this is you know this is a big event when Josh has seen it already. Just everything is upside down in the world. <laughs> and a DC Wonder Woman movie is out. Oh, you felt like you you needed to move your calendar around to accommodate. Yeah, I just Good. I just needed Good. I I just needed a distraction. Well, as of twelve <laughs> hours ago, when you said you were doing it, Ron and I were still making B and C plans just in case. I, I, which I which I said, good move. Yeah. Hey, listen, logistics, production logistics. We got to be prepared for anything. But so, Wonder Woman finally after after a successful run in TV in the seventies and lots of think pieces on the web about why there isn't a Wonder Woman movie. It fine. We finally have one. Oh, and thank God those are done. And after stealing the show from Batman v Superman uh, last yes. year, the only bright spot in that movie, for the most part, um, literally, literally this, and figuratively, <laughs> this was uh, very highly anticipated. Directed by Patty Jenkins, her first uh, major motion picture. She comes from Game of Thrones. Written by Alan she did, Heinberg. She did. She, she, well, did well, she did Monster. Yeah, I think that's bigger than Game of Thrones. <laughs> her first major motion picture, not an indie film. Yeah, she, no, but it was interesting because I, I didn't know she was. Looked her up. You know, one feature film and a lot of TV since 2003. Not bad yeah. TV, good TV, but interesting choice, I thought. Yes. Great choice. Great. I, read, I read an article, I forget where, it might have been in Wired or Entertainment Weekly or whatever, about the journey she took for it, where apparently she talked to them about it years ago, and then it, it didn't happen for whatever reason, et cetera. You know, and so it's glad, it's good to see that Monster was, what, 2005? Three. 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 Three? Yeah. So, so, so what, 13 years ago, right, or 14 years ago. What's- for, yeah, so she, you know, like she's been she's been in the mix for at least 10, 10 years on Wonder Woman. So it's great to see not only did it come through, but wow, she she hit a solid triple, if not a home all, run. All she had to do was wait for Joss Whedon to say no. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. This film starts off in the present day, flashes back to World War One in the from that photograph we saw in Batman v Superman, and we spend most of our time learning the origin of Wonder Woman uh, in the context of World War One. And uh, that is the setup. Chris Pine is Steve Trevor. Danny Houston is the bad guy Ludendorff. Bunch of Who, people. by the way, I was convinced was the Provasic villain from The Fugitive, but he is not. And I feel like this is not the first time I've made this mistake, by the way, too. It's Danny Houston. <laughs> No, I know, but he looks he looks like the guy who is the, the, the bad guy in The Fugitive with Provasic. He doesn't. Yes, he does. Look at them side by side. You can see why I would make the mistake. I thought, anyway, go on. Eric Ludendorff was a real World War II German general. Oh, cool. So it's not, it, it was really interesting that they, I, I don't know how based on the real character it is, but it's really interesting to me that they used an, an actual name. Well, Wonder Woman's real too, right? I mean, yeah. that was a, she's a real Amazonian princess who fought in World War I. This is based on a true story, Ron. Right, yeah, this is all, this is all fact. So let's, <laughs> let's dive in. My overall thought is that I thought it was 80 to 85% terrific. Yep. So basically once... Gal Gadot shows up as young Diana until Ares goes full on Ares with the armor and the fire. I was like, yep. wow, they figured it out. They figured out how to make a Marvel movie. Yeah. Then I thought somebody took a giant mug of Zack Snyder and I feel bad about making that joke now with his family awfulness, but they poured it. It doesn't into change the, his work. They poured doesn't it, change in, it. It doesn't change the aesthetic. They That's poured the it into the movie for the final bit. And then yeah. I was, I was like, ah. Oh. And then, and then it got fine at the end. After once the flags showed up, 
I would 100% agree with you, Connor. Like I said a couple of minutes ago, Patty Jenkins hit a solid triple, like a standing triple, mm-hmm. or possibly a home run that just went over the fence, you know, yeah. <laughs> in baseball parlance. I think that the middle part of the movie is fantastic. And I agree with you on the end. It falls into Zack Snyder rubble fight. Yeah. And additionally, Lutendorf and the evil chemist at times yes. got a little too mustache twirly. The evil me. chemist really didn't fit. She was never the main villain. And they yeah. didn't make a choice on her. Yeah, agreed. Yep. At the end, you know, like, was she evil or was she not evil? Because yeah. they didn't really give us that. They just sort of made her look scared when they weren't willing. That's a real concern. There was one scene in the middle where they cut back to her and she was very mustache truly. And I was like, ooh, that's ooh. And then they went away again. So it, it I'm was fine, fine with that. I just want but, them to commit to it. And for me, there was the moment when, when and I want to hear what Josh thinks, but but for me, the moment, the worst moment of this was when Lutendorf and her talked to the German generals who were about to, you know, give in to the war and they kill them and they shut the door and Lutendorf threw in the gas mask and, and the chemist says, oh, the gas mask won't do anything. And he goes, but they don't know that. And they both start laughing like a Batman says, 66 villain and i was like oh we didn't need that at all but that was the only black mark on it as far as i'm concerned i give it a solid yeah like solid 85, 85. Well, no, we're gonna get the ratings at the end ron oh yeah no no but i mean you, you know i was agreeing you with your literally percentage. already rated it i was agreeing with your percentage like solid 85 to 90 percent great movie really liked it josh what do you think so first of all uh the thing at the end i know what you're saying i guess that is a Zack snyder thing but i actually kind of didn't mind that for a couple of reasons one She's kind of punching down through the whole movie if she's yeah. only fighting German soldiers. And it if they're going to tell this story where she's a god, then she's got to fight a god at the end. I thought David Thewlis was a really interesting choice for that because he's not the typical physical Let's example. Let's get to that, that. I, have, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, I saw um, that. yeah, yeah. So, you know, at the end, I thought – so you thought Zack Snyder, but I thought, oh, they're, they're doing um, Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang's story here. Yeah, yeah, that's what that was. I mean, pure aesthetically, it just looked it looked like the Doomsday okay. fight at the end. Oh yeah, well, no, I don't, I don't mean the idea of her fighting Ares. I just mean the the look yeah. of it suddenly went much different. It looked more like a video game, sort well, yeah, of. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like fighting Ares made perfect sense. I actually liked the reveal. Like we thought it was the not the Provasic guy, but we thought it was you know, but turned out to be somebody else and all that stuff. And there's specifics with that which I want to get to. But just the battle itself became like X Men, where it's like. You know, she's got these she's got this great fighting skill and powers and stuff like that. But instead, we're just going to throw rubble at each other. And then she's going to win the fight by some power we don't even know about yeah. capturing the lightning and shooting it like a beam. You know what I mean? Like it, it just it just they felt that it up felt, in the beginning. It felt very no, no, no. They set up that she used the, the gauntlets to do that energy pulse, but right. she didn't collect energy and then, and then shoot, shoot it back. It. Like, yeah. right. Like, yeah, but. But that was a new I power. Mean, that was a new power. It, it was, but the whole point was that she was discovering what she was and that she was a god, and she should have had every single power that he does. So every time he does something silly, she gets to do something silly. And we don't really know what the rule set for that is. So I'm, sure. I'm that doesn't bother me. Yeah, I, because I, 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 I was, I was. You're talking by about it, in a world yeah. where, you know, she has to be a really big deal, and so they're piling things on, and they they have a blank slate, really. Yeah. You know, she has to be as powerful as anybody else, as Superman, as whoever. So. None of that bugged me. What I found with this movie was that there were a lot of things that should have bugged me, but I didn't really care for various reasons. So, like in the beginning, there were things where if I was really nitpicking, I would be like, oh, that was that was kind of doesn't make sense. So uh, when uh, at the beginning, all the Germans come through to the Mascara, the Mascara, I forget. Yeah, the Mascara. Um, and there's a big warship. Yeah. yeah. Where did that thing go? It looked like it was listing. It was listing. It looked like it was sinking. Okay. 
Yeah, well, yeah. like either way, like so there was that. Yeah. Like Germans have terrible security in this movie. They did the real war too, but right. But but the thing is, but but can you get back to Themyscira though. You're right. That didn't make any sense. What's the point of the shield if you can just go through the shield? Right. Yeah. You're telling me at no point, no boat went through the shield. Either way, with any of that stuff, like because it was sort of set up as sort of a serial, you know, like an old style sort of adventure romp, and I was willing to sort of give it that comic book, like whatever. You know, right. like, it, that doesn't matter, because that wasn't the point. The other thing that I noticed that didn't bother me, but it was kind of glaring, was that it was really similar to Captain America, the first Avenger. Well, it was funny, because I was just talking about this to a friend of mine this morning, and it was almost like they took the best elements of Captain America and Thor and mixed them into one. Right, but I mean, like, she had her own howling commandos, Her the guy goes, yeah, dies yeah, in a plane totally. at the end, like, it was, the, it was very... Yeah. Very similar. No, I didn't have a problem with that. Even the dude at the end who crashed for no reason. Right, right. Yeah. Again. I was like, no, don't, no, come on. And his name is Chris. Come out. <laughs> but it didn't bother me because I love that. I think watching it unfold, I was, oh, there are a lot of similarities between Captain America and Wonder Woman. So I'm okay with this. A lot. Um, yeah, I'm okay with that too. I mean, it was a better World War One movie than Captain America was a World War Two movie. In fact, I would first say I was like, it was a pretty good World War One movie, which made me actually doubt its possible success at the box office. I was like, people want a World War One movie? Like to me, I was like, I, I like that. I like that World War World War One is such a random, bleak kind of choice, and I like you know like and and that, that's the one thing about it is that you know the belief that Ares was you know taint, you know tainting and and you know kind of motivating people, and once she destroyed them. Like we still had World War Two, but, but but I guess that's the point that Steve what made to said, her is that that is that men that that men are not what she believed that there's evil in all men and that's all you know that sort of thing. But he, he didn't do anything other than yeah. you know whisper them or whatever, so it wasn't right. their fault. It was still man. That was what was great about it. Yeah, you could see that coming yeah. a mile away. But I did like that World War One was investigated a little bit. Like yeah. Charlie had night terrors and she got she saw all the wounded, so that she saw that there was. It wasn't just like the war is awesome and we're going to go save the day. It was like this is taking a toll on everybody who's involved. They went in this. to that no man's land front thing that was so you know they showed like a horse stuck in the mud. Yeah. That was a real thing. You know they 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 really like it's a war that people don't know anything about or you know that's why they can well that, and that, that was also just like also as awful as World War Two was World War One was so brutal and like the, the between the mustard gas and all that kind of stuff and and like the the change well we I mean we're not gonna talk about World War One we know this <laughs> but the change of the change over military technology yeah. and stuff like that just the brutality I actually found myself you know I wanted more World War One. Right, like so, we we got we. Well, there hasn't they, been a great World War One movie in yeah since Paths of Glory. So we, we got we got you know we got the we got the the glimpse of it when they're trying to get to where they need to go and they're going through the trenches and she goes, no, we're gonna fight and leads everybody and like that was like amazing and then the whole village fight was nearly amazing. I have some issues with some of the CG in this. Um, there was a couple of shot. There was a couple of shots that were really rubbery, anatomy doll looking versus smooth. Some it's of the, the aesthetic they went for. Yeah, no, 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 no. All those movies have those things. Yeah, maybe maybe it's because I saw it on a, I saw it. I was I saw it at the Alamo in Brooklyn on one of their big, big, big screens. So I don't know if it changes depending. Uh, Josh, I'm assuming you saw it in a small theater because you live in a small place. Um, Medium size screen, but it wasn't like. But yeah, I, no. But I mean, there was a there were a couple of shots that were like this. I thought the effects were cool. I like I love the fighting style of the Amazons. I love the way they showed that. Robin Wright kicking ass with a bow and arrow was awesome, right? That, like it that, was that Mongolian horse archer thing. Yeah, yeah like that. And the, awesome. the, the the bending off the horse and shooting the arrows. Mm -hmm. 
those and then the the dropping the shield and jumping and landing and bouncing off the shield and then doing something like the combos and stuff like that were really cool but every now like it was almost like every 10th cg shot felt for me had that rubbery oh that's fake and took me out of it moment and it wasn't just me i asked other people yeah I was but that's uh, that's literally yeah. every yeah. every superhero yeah. movie has that problem because yeah, no. that's just yeah. the, the technology is still there yeah it, i didn't yeah. I, i'm used to it now at this point we have four of these a year so it's fine let's talk about how awesome gal gadot is and how perfect how like great she lights up the screen and yeah she is a great great wonder woman i love the fact that she has an accent they didn't try to americanize wonder woman we, we mm-hmm. talked about this back in batman superman but this is really glaring yep. in this movie she's first of all drop dead gorgeous but you never for a second believe she wouldn't destroy you in a fist fight mm-hmm. yep. which is what wonder woman has to portray she's funny she's charming she actually handled everything she handled the comedy she handled the she's, action she handled the emotion yep. She's was, Christopher I mean, Reeve. Yeah, it, yeah. It was it was it was great in that like she, she to me she is Wonder Woman like she completely encompassed the character and was engaging and every like we walked out of the movie and like one of the people I was with can we just talk about how beautiful she is and like we're talking about her profile like there were so many profile shots because yeah, her profile is so that. great and she, right <laughs> and she wasn't like she didn't look like you know the typical you know white model yeah yeah she yeah, had exactly. a whole different yep. face that was yep. it was an otherness to it like it, it was really interesting I I really watched the whole movie from this sort of point of view of like they're they've got to put across like a different message than in almost every other movie like this and how are they handling it you know like with a female protagonist and sort of in our world and everything so i find that really interesting to sort of see how they like she's gorgeous and she but it wasn't I don't know. She was like sexy, but it wasn't. Well, they didn't. She wasn't sexualized, but she was still sexy, right. and there was still talk yeah. of sex talk, and the guys still stumble around her because she is so beautiful. But and you, and you can't deny that. But also, she was never in the position of being the object, as opposed yeah. to yes. Chris Pine, who was naked. And I, I would say this: it's a great thing she's so great because Chris Pine would have stole this movie from a lesser Diana. I, I, oh, I was I was I was about to say let's go through the cast because I thought Chris Pine was fantastic. He was great too. I mean, like, and the problem is, it's hard to shake. Like, oh, it's Kirk, you know, because he's playing you know, Kirk because he's really good at playing that character, and that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. And and it was. I mean, and the interplay between them were great. Honestly, I think some of the best part. I mean, it's it's really easy to play up the fish out of water aspect. That's like kind of like what the what they pulled from the Thor movie. I think in terms of you know, like here's this. You know, she's never been to London and all this sort of stuff. But those scenes right after they leave Themyscira, Themyscira or whatever, uh, up until the the last kind of going at the. German castle kind of thing like all that stuff like her on not understanding the world him trying to explain to the exasperation of it like like it felt real and natural mm-hmm. you know yep. and and I, I think both of them deserve a, a tremendous credit but you're right Connor Chris Pine would totally have overshadowed a lesser actress I think he is great yep. he, he's great and like this is this is totally his thing I mean this is what he did if you think you know the finest hours he's a yeah. capable dedicated military person the the you know that's what that's what Kirk is what's the finest hours oh sh- oh come on Let's oh, is that that the... movie? No, is that that movie nobody saw? Coast... I saw it, and Josh Coast... saw it. Coast God says you got to go back, go out. They don't say anything about coming back in. The movie, the movie they made for the two of you, and only yes. the two of you yep. saw it. <laughs> Listen, this is a World War One movie with the same guy, and if they hadn't put Wonder Woman in it, then Connor and I still would have been the only two. Um, and you know what? They also play. It, you could, on one hand, you could say it was heavy-handed in the gender politics. But on the other hand, it needed to be heavy-handed. I thought it was the right balance. And they hit it hard because they had to hit it hard. This is the first Wonder Woman movie. It's, 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 yeah. That's what it's about. So, it's you know, in the room. The first, I walked into my office this morning and the first person who saw me was one of my coworkers and she asked me if Chris Pine is naked. And I said, basically, yes. So they're going f- down their lane. They know exactly what they're yeah. doing. He's playing the girlfriend role, the quote unquote girlfriend role. 
and doing it wonderfully. And also, the audience I saw it in, now I get granted I saw it in Hollywood, and it's different than a lot of places, but it was probably 80% women and gay men. And I think that's... <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. Man, probably <laughs> director not, great and writer. Its, not great for its box office potential. However, uh, the audience I saw it with, the women, I mean, the women went berserk for this movie. Yeah. They went nuts at every big moment, every line about gender, the line about not needing men for sexual pleasure. Like, it was... It was right down there, wheelhouse. Uh, Megan loved it. Yeah, no, I mean, I I went to see, you know, I went with my girlfriend and and her friend and her husband, and and everybody was smiling and thumbs up afterwards, you know, like it was, you know, and the, and and it's not, you know, it it was a funny kind of thing because I I was planning on seeing it for this, and I normally, you know, these movies are not my significant other's cup of tea. Yeah. But her friend texted her and was like, "Should we go see this together?" And and she's like, "Yeah." So we made a night of it, and it was great. I mean, it was and it was great to see. I think I really think the, I I forgot to look at the right before the movie started, but I felt like the the majority of the audience was female. They had set up a a step and repeat before the theater oh, with nice. props to take pictures on, you know, and like all stuff like like really really did a good job with it. But also just like it just you know like it just felt that kind of empowerment, which is awesome. Which is yeah, what, I haven't, which is I haven't what we seen want. this many audience T-shirts since. The Force Awakens, like it was like a yeah. Wonder Woman T-shirt central. Also, uh, I, I got excited at the. See, the thing was, what I was thinking about this during the movie was that whether or not, like, so my nieces are, you know, teenager and now preteen, they're getting older, so I think that they can handle the the violence stuff like this. But like, the, I couldn't help getting choked up in the beginning with like little Diana, like she was awesome, echoing the girl. warriors yeah. and all that sort of stuff, and like thinking like, wow, what this must be for young girls growing up to see that, you know, like that that you know, like that that got me more excited. But then as the movie went on, I was like, oh, I don't know if young girls can see this movie because it's so violent. It was. No no blood. Yeah, there was no, no blood. blood. The feeling on Force Awakens again with with Ray, it was a very similar kind of thing. Yeah. Where yeah. Let's not lose sight of some of the things that we need to talk about. So David Thuelis, who was Sir Thulis. Patrick Thuelis, is Sir Patrick, and uh, I, there was a point in the movie where I was like, "Oh no, he's Ares," and I thought, "Oh, you he, saw it." Even yeah, though no, I, right, right at the beginning, I was like, "There's a bad guy," even yeah. though. You know, they, they hit it till later. I thought that was a great choice because he is, as Josh said earlier, so not your image of what Ares is supposed to be, this little tweedy British man with a, with a British mustache. And I love well, the fact that... Unless you've been watching Fargo this year. He, well, he still wouldn't be my idea of Ares. Right. But I love even in the flashback to him as the, like, the young buff Ares, he still had the mustache. Yep. which made yeah. me laugh. Well, that, that's what that's what I didn't quite understand was that was that like I I, I like the fact that they made him Aries, right? Yeah. Like I like the I I didn't see it coming. I didn't I didn't believe that what's his face um, Provasic was Aries Aries either. I didn't think he was Aries either. But I was going more on that that there is no Aries. You know, like that's that's what you know that's I, I kind of what I thought. Aries was being set up for season yeah. two. I thought. Yeah. I mean, I mean, season two for the second episode. I'm second. Wow. The second movie, wow, right I there? thought they were setting it up where she would learn that Ares wasn't responsible because men have war in their hearts, and then Ares would would show up or be teased for the for the next one. But right, well, that that's what I thought, right? And then um, then they revealed that it was him, and I was like, oh, great, you know, great kind of swerve. Like I like again, I didn't see it coming. Very cool. And then they showed kind of the flashbacks of him kind of like floating behind them, influencing the chemist and influencing Provasic and all that other stuff, right? And I was like, okay, cool. So he's Aries. I buy that. And then I was expecting there to be some sort of transformation or maybe like more like Sauron-esque when he's just the armor or something like that. But no, they stuck with the dude and the mustache all Love the it. way to the end. That was great. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. And actually, you know what's funny? I just think of this now. I thought there was a plot hole, but now I'm thinking about it, there wasn't a plot hole. The only part in the beginning I thought the exposition dump was 
a little slow, but then again, I know all the exposition, so maybe it's because I know it. When they're talking about how Zeus's last act, he protected the mascara and then died, and then later on she says, well, Zeus brought you to life. It has been nagging me till this moment that I thought there was a plot hole, but it wasn't because Zeus was actually her father. Never mind. Continue. I'm glad, I'm glad we worked out. I'm glad we're in. I had a revelation right now on the show. That's Okay, cool. So, so moving a little bit on, though. So, yeah, I, I just thought the commitment to the mustache was good. We're avoiding the elephant in the room, Josh. You and Brenner. What was Spud doing in this movie? Doesn't matter. He's a drunken <laughs> Scotsman. He was very sad. And then he could shoot people from far away. Very good. I like him. The he thing about like, him is he's a bit perfectionist. Sorry. I can't tell you how excited I got. <laughs> Not only when I saw Spud, but then also the guy who played Samir was fantastic. What's her name from The Office? Oh, Dawn yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, uh, she's, wait a minute. She's fantastic, right? I, um, Lucy, what is Lucy her name? Davis. Lucy, some, Lucy, Davis. Lucy Davis. Yeah, she's great. Um, and she's actually a character from the old 40s comics. It was, yeah. Well, she's been she, at a candy. She's been in all the yeah, stories. Yeah, at a candy, yeah. yeah. I love the team. And it like is so... The Howling Commandos. Yeah, well, it's, it's like, is that the beginning of the Blackhawks? No, no. The, the dude who played Samir tweeted out a photo of him next to the, the dude from the Blackhawks with the little pencil-thin mustache. Maybe he's hoping it is, but like I, yeah. didn't, I didn't yeah. get that. I didn't get that sense. I mean, it, I guess they could do that if they wanted to. I didn't get the sense that it was. Yeah. I like the fact that normally in these movies, when you have Wonder Woman and Chris Pine and Steve Trevor, and then you got a bunch of various Anders. nationality soldiers with them, normally how it happens is all the various nationality soldiers die, and then Steve Trevor and Diana are left alive to be together. Oh, but yeah. They went the other way where Steve died and none of the other soldiers died. I really like that too as well. It subverted my expectations. I was like, well, one of these adorable yeah. Scottish or Moroccan or American Indian guys is going to die, but none of them did. Yeah, so which I, I like that. Which I like that. I, I, like, I like that swerve. But um, no, I thought the team was great and there was, you know, the, the bit of humor and all that stuff was really cool. It just was strong. Like that middle part of that movie, it was funny because one of my friends this morning was saying, oh, I want, he saw it last night. He's like, I, I want to see it again. And I was like, I don't know if I want to see it again, but I'd, if like that middle part was on TV, I'd stop and watch that. You know, like it was, I like that they subverted all of the expectations. So there wasn't a thing where they were like, "We're not following a girl." Right. They didn't bother with that. That would have been yeah. the opposite thing. They talked to the Native American guy, and he's like, "I'm not really on anybody's side here." Yeah. And they kind of went into that. You know, the the one guy, he's super talented. He's like, "Yep, I'm the wrong color to be an actor." And let's talk about all these inequalities in a way that was actually germane to what was yeah. happening to to a certain extent, and it sort of given her, her an idea of the world instead of just rah rah. It was germane to the Germans. <laughs> what I loved was that it was. Uh, well, hold on, Ryan. I think you're minimizing I, the middle part. It's not the middle part for me. It's like no, it's, it's, it's like more it's wider of the movie, just with a little bit in the ends that I didn't love. Yeah, but. I guess I, I guess I'm breaking the movie up into thirds, but that middle third is bigger than a third. Like there's the there's the Themyscira scenes, then there's everything leading up to the German castle assault, and then there's the last the German castle scene. Like that that's that's kind of how I kind of break the movie up. Airfield. It's that, it's that middle yeah airfield. They, well, they, yeah, but they went to the gala. That that's what started it. That kind of that's kinda the end fun. of the second act. But uh, it's that middle part that was just so 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 good in my mind. What I loved was I went online and I was looking to see. I'm like, all right, nerds, what, what, you know, what Easter eggs and what, you know, kind of thing. Like, where's all the like the and like, there's little to no fan service in this movie whatsoever, and it's driving the bloggers crazy. Like, it's just like, like I saw but so you many, just talked about so a bunch of stuff that was. Well, I no, mean, it's no, just that they don't no. know it. 
Etta Candy is, is a character. It's just a side. It's like having Alfred in the movie. She's she's been yeah. She's been Wonder Woman's yeah. assistant since the forties. That's not fan service. It's not Greg Rucka didn't giggle because they had Etta Candy in it. I think you know what I mean. You know, I like it was a lot of World War One fan service. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's a very again a very small audience. I, I know. But I was like, but, oh, but, but like like they they were they were they, they the, people are scrambling to find fan service so much there in really that. Isn't much, yeah. In, in that in that in the opening scene when the Wayne Enterprises van pulls up to the Louvre to bring the original photo to Diana from Bruce, the license plate is JL dash eight two eight dash something something. They're like Justice League. It's like oh god, nerds, just move on. Well, you you know, <laughs> here's what my version of that fan service is. So I didn't know anything about this going in. Like, I didn't know who was directing it or who wrote it or whatever. When I got to the end, I thought, wow, whoever wrote that oh, huh. really knew what they were doing. And I watched, <laughs> and Alan Heinberg's name popped up, and I went, oh, that is... Damn it, Heinberg! There's, there's a callback. There's a callback for yeah. long-time listeners. Uh, but, but then I watched, and, you know, you watch the thing, and you see Jeff Johns' name up there. And yeah. I thought a couple of things. I think this is the first movie where I heard his voice yes. a lot. Yes. Yeah. And specifically, well, the, what the, it, the, wait, the, ice wait. The, the ice cream scene was straight out of his Justice League book mm-hmm. with Jim Lee. Okay. Like literally lifted from that. Anyway, go no, on. No, I'm sure. And it, but, but more specifically, thematically, I remember a long time ago, a writer uh, who's a big deal writer went to a like a, a, com- a writer's conference retreat thing with DC guys. And he was talking about how Jeff Johns dealt with the characters and the way that that conversation started. And he went around and he asked everybody to give them one word that represented each character. And and like the the example that was used was Batman. And they were like trying to figure out what it was. And Jeff Johns is like, Batman's word is justice. That's what he's about. That's what it is. Diana, Wonder Woman, what's her word? It's love. And so they hammered the shit out of that all the way through the end without feeling like, wow, they just keep saying that. But that is her thing. That was always her thing. And that is the way that he looks at telling these stories. And that came through 100%. And and and, and Johns and, and Heinberg, they used to have a studio together. So they're very close. And I'm sure they yeah, you know yeah. collaborated a lot. So I felt that, wow, this is, this is the comic book version. This is what people thought they were going to get when Jeff Johns was moved up to that creative – control whatever, whatever. And you hope you hope that's the case you hope that that's yeah. gonna sure. start bleeding into these because it worked i still can't put too much hope into justice league this isn't coming out in just a few months but i'm hoping I was, yeah. some of this bleeds into that we know she will be great you know we, we know that yeah. it's just a matter of will the rest of it or will it be too snyderfied and what will what will it mean that, that joss whedon's taking over some of these reshoots like we don't know what any of that means we just hope yeah we just hope we hope, like Andy Dufresne. To go back to the Zack Snyder fight, the one thing about this movie is that even, you know, it was very much apparent at the end, but the entire movie has got the Zack Snyder Instagram filter over it. Like that, yeah. that, that, D, that the, the, the DC aesthetic. I don't, I don't think that's the case. It was pretty bright oh, and so. shiny. At times, the difference, but the over, overarching was murky. The difference, no, it was there, but to a lesser extent. But the difference was like when she pops out in her uniform uniform and it was like the red and blue and you could like it was actually sort of it stood out from all that mm-hmm. it was yeah. almost like the visual was actually breaking that cliche yeah specifically maybe. she was on the front it was all gray and muddy and brown and she yep. took off the black coat and there she was in a bright shiny i don't i didn't think that at all i didn't yeah. i didn't find it to be that you know where everything is muted i didn't think even you know there, she had that bright blue dress on like i thought this was a very yeah. bright colored movie I, I think, uh, but I think still had, but it still has it still has a feel of these movies. And maybe maybe it, it, but yeah. it was it was yeah. a big step forward. And yeah. I think, you know, they were clearly trying to get away from it, but they also have to stick with it to a certain extent. It was worlds better than it should have been. So the all, the only other two fan servicey things that I want to touch upon was apparently um the God Killer Sword 
that you know Deathstroke the Terminator had a God Killer sword, like just in terms of the name and the idea oh, of being a sword. No, exactly. I don't. I don't think that that's one. But the one that I picked up on during the movie, and I was I, I was glad to see other people picked up on, it, which I'm sure you guys picked up on it, was the not fan service, but the homage or the nod once again to the impact that Donner Superman has on all DC movies. The scene in London in the alley with the German uh, spies and the bullet stop was like I was like, whoa, Superman. Mm-hmm. Like when Clark catches the bullet when him and Lois are being mugged, like yeah. that moment was like that was a really elegant, nicely way to nod back at what's come before. And I they should have really had Edda say that's a bad outfit to her when she got out of the. <laughs> Hey, that's a bad outfit. I actually really liked her perspective. It was, I mean, it's not very different than like the speedster perspective that we see in stuff, but like her sort of battle vision. Yeah. Where you see it from her point of view, like, okay, you knock that away, you do this. And they don't really, really focus on showing her being super fast or her, you know, necessarily flying. The speed up and then stop and spin the camera around and see what she's doing and then and then see the results, you know, like that. It was, that. And it was pretty good compared to other versions of it that I've seen. I like that. If, if you give me two choices, one is the sort of Nolan idea of the camera's really, really close and the action's really, really fast. You can't tell what's happening versus the slow-mo, <laughs> you know, you can actually see the, all the fighting. I actually vastly prefer the slow-mo yeah no i, I actually prefer the bullet time-esque you know kind of matrixy kind of you know the stop and spin over the it's so fast like the frame rate problem yeah. you know what i mean like that a lot of the marvel movies has when the fighting is going and it's going so you just don't know or you know like and like the thing is like honestly it's most like the transformer movies where it's just this fast speedy flashing of, of, of metal hitting each other and like I got I got a little bit of that at the end in the last fight because it goes back to the rubble fight and all the stuff like that but but the World War one fights and the, the village fight and all that sort of stuff which just was was great and and I love love loved all and I said it before all the Amazon training yep. and the, the the fight on the beach and all the stuff like that was awesome yeah this is terrific yeah it's really really terrific I was very happy coming out of it they really nailed it yeah I mean, it's funny because I was saying I was saying how there's a low bar set now for DC movies, right? So like the the prospect of doing well was not that it was easy, but it's like you know I, I go after Suicide Squad, after Batman v Superman, after all that you know crap. Going into this, I was really hopeful that this would be good, but like putting that all aside, it's 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 up there in terms of the superhero movies, and I think it did does does Wonder Woman justice, introduces her to the world. It was still connected to what what went on in Batman v Superman, and then what's going to happen in Justice League because it was you know the flashback kind of approach mm-hmm. i think it just all it all kind of meshed in well together what was she jumping towards at the end i don't know i was she's I about to fly i think well because she, she went out because she heard something and I, I and then they showed the city and they didn't see anything i was like Did you... ice cream truck josh is right it was she heard the ice cream man oh well, across ice town. Cream now. yeah yeah she that's the thing about wonder woman she loves ice cream uh, <laughs> all right so ratings 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 ratings, ratings. I give it a 4.5. Sticking with it? I already pre-ordered the DVD. (laughs) Of course you did. (laughs) All right, I give it a 4.5 as well. Sticking with it as well. Josh? I want to say 4.25. That feels too low. But on the spectrum of superhero movies, I'm going to go with 4.5. All right, there you go. We all are in agreement. We're all sticking with it. If you saw Wonder Woman and you want to give your thoughts... Oh, no, I'm I'm not subscribing. Go to (laughs) ifanboy.com. You're out. Josh is not subscribed to the (laughs) newsletter. And you can leave your thoughts at ifanboy.com. There'll be a post for this show. You can tell us what your thoughts on Wonder Woman were. And then uh, you can also find our other special edition shows back there. You can, Ron and I just released a show on Iron Fist right before this one. So you can find that show. And all other, in our now reality of movies, we next look forward to 
Spider-Man in July. So that'll be coming soon. In the meantime, we've got our weekly Pick of the Week podcast. We look at the week's comic books and we continue rolling on this train. I, I feel good about this. I feel... I feel so good. I don't want to feel too good about Justice League. That's the problem. It was funny because coming out of this, one of the people I saw the movie was like, was like, all right, so what's the next one? And I was like, oh, Spider-Man Homecoming. And everyone was like, oh, that looks really good. Like the, the feeling was positive about, you know, that there's going to be, you know, that we're going in the right direction. Justice League, I still have concerns with. But after the trailer, my girlfriend turned to me. She goes, how do you not like that? Which I thought was very interesting. Like it, it, I, think to, I think to the average viewer, I think Justice League might do better than, than I think it will. I yeah. saw the trailer. I hadn't seen it. Was that a new trailer? I don't know. But it was, I thought it was weird to play it before this movie. The come together, the come together trailer. It yeah, was the old, old trailer. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of reasons not to like that trailer. Yeah, I, I didn't see that trailer. <laughs> I agree. I, we got the Transformers in which the audience booed, and I was very happy. Oh, I, nice. Yeah, but but also, Mark Wahlberg said we got to save Prime. Okay. Yeah, I laughed. I laughed and I laughed. That movie looks like such a disaster that I kind of want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, wow, Knights. That's going to be awful. <laughs> so yes, so for us at least, Spider-Man: Homecoming is the next movie in July. That great. That was a that was a very detailed trailer. I was like, turn it off. Too much. Too much in the trailer. Too much. All right. So until next time, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I'm Josh, the God of Boar. <laughs> now the world is ready for.